Ready? Go. Hey everyone, it's Heather Whaley. Hey, hi, hi, hey, hey, Frank Whaley. This is episode 38 of our fourth season. Today is Tuesday. It's November 24th. It sure is, Heather. I've been watching this Frank Sinatra documentary, All or Nothing at All, on Netflix, directed by Alex Gibney. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I'm not interested in Frank Sinatra. You, you don't know anything about him. It's, he, he, he was a, kind of a, a fascinating guy, and he had quite a life. I mean, I'm only in, um, I've only finished the first, hour, um, first episode, which is two hours, but I grew up listening to Frank Sinatra because my mom, Josephine, loved Frank Sinatra. She probably would have been, at his, when he was the kind of teen idol period, he, she was probably, you know, teenager, so she was a Bobby Sox, Soxer, Bobby Soxer. Bobby Soxers? Yeah. So those are the ones that loved him first, Bobby okay. Soxers, because he was so cute. I'll tell you one funny story, because when he started doing movies, he got famous. And all the, all the women loved him because he was cute and he had blue eyes. And uh, he, um, he was doing this movie, and he was married to uh, his wife, Tina Sinatra. And they had a couple of kids at this point. And he, his wife was, was giving his... Um, and, and he had just finished a movie uh, with this woman. I can't remember her name, Mar- Margaret some, something or other. And he was, they were dry, um, his, his wife, Tina, was teaching, no, Nancy. His wife was Nancy. Nancy's his daughter. And his wife. Okay. They named, his, they named the daughter after uh, the wife. And anyway, so he, Nancy was take, taking Nancy Jr. driving lessons and, and like their Cadillac convertible in California. And uh, she reached in the glove compartment. There was a big diamond neck uh, uh, bracelet. Oh, wow. And Because um, he had been cheating on her. Can I tell the story? Yeah. And uh, she, it was New Year's Eve, 1946. And um, the last day of 1946. And uh, she, Nancy Sr. thought, oh, oh, I better not tell him I found this. He got this beautiful neck bracelet for me. And uh, so that night they're having a big New Year's Eve party at Sinatra's house in like Palm Springs, wherever he was living. Maybe it wasn't Palm Springs, I don't remember. Maybe it's Luca Lake. Anyway, they were having this big party and this woman who was in the movie with him, Margaret, I forget her last name, was wearing the bracelet. Oh my God, that's what happened in Love Actually. And Nancy Sr. marched over to Margaret and said, I know where you got that. And this actress ran out of the house, <gasps> ran out of the party. And guess what Frank Sinatra said to Nancy? You should apologize to her. Oh, my God, what a dick. But guess what Nancy, Nancy Sinatra said? You Get got out. it twisted, Frank. She needs to apologize to me. Oh, she didn't kick him out? She didn't, she didn't kick him out. The fact is, um, she, 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 she never kicked him out um, Years later, like in like ten years after that incident, or maybe, yeah, eight ten years later, um, Frank Sinatra got tangled up with Ava Gardner, and which you, you I mean you, Ava Gardner was something else, man. You you couldn't you you, you I, I don't know if there's any movie star that's ever been anything like Ava Gardner, from what I've learned in this documentary. Anyway, Sinatra fell crazy in love with her, and another story is he got, he was drunk with Ava Gardner. And he drove up to his, uh, drove up to the, to, to the, to his house 
This was after he was separated from Nancy mm-hmm. and drove up to, to the buzzer and buzzed Nancy Sinatra in the middle of the night and said, Nancy, will you please tell Ava that I've asked you for a divorce? Oh, my God. What an <laughs> asshole. You think, do you think all this stuff is funny? I don't think it's funny. I think it's interesting uh, to watch such a man. Welcome to the Frank Sinatra show where we talk about Frank Sinatra. I asked your mom one time if she named you after Frank Sinatra, and she said, no, she named you after her father, Frank. Well, Frank Sinatra's son was named... Ronan Farrow. Frank. Oh. No, that's me. Well, that's, yeah. That, that, well, that, Ronan Farrow is Frank Sinatra's son as well, but he never, he never talked about that. But You're, you're wearing a jacket that's going to make a lot of noise in the, in, when you move around again. Oh, you're well. wearing a noisy jacket. Frank's, Frank Sinatra Jr. was supposedly named not after Frank who was named as Francis, Francis Albert Sinatra. But Frank Sinatra said he named him after Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Well, who, then why didn't he name him Franklin? He did. Oh, okay. But, but Frank Sinatra Jr. denies that. But Franklin, um, Frank Sinatra was crazy about Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Frank, Sinatra's, uh, Frank Sinatra Sr.'s mother was an amazing woman. She was a midwife. And um, she, like, helped women early, you know, early on um, uh, get safe abortions. But there's, I guess, Frank Sinatra's uh, parents came here from Genoa. And there's, like, 55 dialects in that, in that, in that region, wow. Italian. And she knew every, she could speak each and every one of them. So she wow. was, like, the translator for the neighborhood in Hoboken where she lived. Um, but anyway, she loved Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And so Frank Sinatra... Um, campaigned for him and did all this stuff. Franklin, um, Frank Sinatra and Orson Welles would, uh, went out on the campaign trail and made speeches for Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Wow. Yeah. And later on, it came back to haunt Sinatra because they were investigating him for, you know, for being a communist and all this shit because, you know, that's what they did back then. Yeah, they invested everybody for yeah. being a communist. Yeah. Do you think you would have been investigated for being a communist? I hope so. Why? Because all the cool kids were. Yeah, because yeah, because only you know real like, like you say, cool kids. The 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 mod squad was being investigated, and only the squares named names. Like who, uh, what's his name? Named names. Um, Ilya Kazan. Ilya Kazan did. Yeah, and when um, he got an Oscar, who was it that turned his back on him? Oh, was it um, Nick Nolte. Sit up and turn his back. It might have been. Yeah, it might have been Nolte, or or was it? Um, I don't remember who, but a lot, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people didn't stand and applaud him when he got his honorary Oscar. I don't know why they gave him an honorary Oscar. He was like a, you know, like a traitor, not even a traitor. He just, you know, it was an awful thing that he did. A lot of people during that period got you know, a lot of celebrities, a lot of actors and writers, know, artists, and writers were just destroyed. Their lives were destroyed for some reason. Sinatra never got brought in front of. The uh, that committee. There's this famous story in this documentary where he was uh, he wanted to go to Korea to entertain the troops, and uh, they they said no because he belonged to some youth group, which which not, wasn't true. But there was a whole folder on Frank Sinatra, and he went he marched in, into the, supposedly according to this documentary he marched into the White House and said, you know you don't want, you don't want me to come to Korea and, and you can you can stick Korea up your ass and f you. Really? Kind of now, guy he was. But, I mean, you can't march into the White House. You have to have an appointment. You have to be allowed in. Well, he had an appointment. 
I'm sure they would let Frank Sinatra go wherever he wanted. He also had like lots of mob ties, right? Well, evidently he, you know, there's a whole thing where um, a whole period of, of, of Frank Sinatra's career, once uh, the Bobby Soccer days were over, where he, his career just went into utter decline. He was flat broke. He had no money and he was, Ava Gardner had dumped him and he was just uh, drinking crazy uh, nights in New York and got dropped by his record company. And he read From Here to Eternity and he went and he told his manager, he said, I want to, if they make a movie, I want to, I want to play this part of Maggio and, and uh, From Here to Eternity. And um, so he went to the head of the studio that was making that movie and said, you know, please, I just want to play this part. So they brought him in for a screen test and, and some people say that his screen test was awful. Um, you know, Sinatra had done movies, but, you know, movie musicals, uh, you know, song and dance kind of things. And they say that um, he beat Eli Wallach out for this part because of uh, the mob mobsters who came in and threatened the uh, studio guys. And that's a famous scene in the Godfather film, Godfather, I think Godfather 2, where they leave a horse in the guy's bed where Marlon Brando makes him an offer he can't refuse. You know, mm-hmm. that, that scene. Anyway. Enough about Frank Sinatra. Heather, I'm oh Frank God. Whaley. This has been almost 10 minutes about Frank Sinatra. Look, you brought it up. I, I Did I? I don't know. I have no idea how we started. No, you said you were on the treadmill watching a documentary about Frank Sinatra, and then you filled us in on the whole thing. Thank you. My apologies. No, the other day I, I was watching it. Antiques Roadshow on the treadmill. You want to hear about that? No. Okay. I, I, I mean, uh, this was great, except that I'm just I'm not a fan of Frank Sinatra. But on Antiques Roadshow, this lady had uh, um, a uh, Babe Ruth baseball card that sold for $200,000 at auction. Yesterday, I had said if people wanted to write in and tell us what kinds of things they look forward to eating on Thanksgiving, and some people responded. We have, and I'll tell you these things. And you tell me whether you've had them, whether you like them. Are you them. okay, Heather? You seemed to, was that, that was a... <clears throat> well, here's what's happening. We roasted some pumpkin seeds. We sure did. And before we started this, you were choking on them. And now I haven't even been eating them, but suddenly I'm choking on them. Mm. Okay. So someone named Jack said that he likes creamed onions. Okay. Have you ever had creamed onions? No. I've had creamed onions. They wouldn't be my favorite, but, you know. Mm. Usually they're those little ones, Cipollini mm-hmm. onions, which are a pain in the ass to peel. Mm-hmm. As Terry likes a green bean casserole, says, must have French fried onions on top. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. My mom has made that before, and she uses like the, either the canned green beans for some reason or the frozen. Mm. B says, my grandpa's cornbread dressing with jalapenos, pimento, and bacon. That actually sounds really good. Mm. So I'm wondering if this is like her grandfather had made cornbread with all that stuff in it, and then was like, you know what? I wonder how this would be as, like, the stuffing for the turkey. Does that sound good to you? Uh, not no. really. No, you don't like spicy and stuff. Someone named Finney says, just going to be me by myself this year, but I'm making it all. Sweet potatoes with marshmallows, mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberries, and turkey. I think that sounds pathetic. Well, it's because the coronavirus. Yeah, so just you don't, you don't even make a whole dinner. Of course you do. You're going to make would. a whole turkey just for yourself? They're probably not making a whole turkey. You can get like a turkey breast. It would be weird to make the whole thing. I would imagine they're 
doing just the breast. You know, if you're vegan, a fun thing to do at your family Thanksgiving is instead of if they say, what, what, what part of the turkey would you like to eat? You say, I'll take some of the boobs. Instead of calling it the breast, call it the boobs. What? Just to freak everyone out. Ah, uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say you would ask, like, what the turkey's name was. Right. I did that to my mom once. I asked her if she knew what gender the turkey was. Right. That's really gross to think about. Was it a boy or a girl? Ugh. Um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's favorite bird was the turkey. Was it really? It's his favorite bird or his favorite thing to eat? His favorite bird was a turkey. The turkey was almost going to be the national bird of the United States of America. Turkeys are beautiful creatures. They really are. We, we, uh, really? Uh, I saw that gross thing on their waddle thing. Why is it gross? I saw, I saw about 15 turkeys and driving uh, back to the house today. They're beautiful creatures. Why eat them? Why kill them and eat them? They look them, like dinosaurs. Velociraptors. Let them, let them live out their natural lives. Donald Trump pardoned a turkey today. I was wondering if he was going to do that. It must be really humiliating for him to have to come out and do that kind of crap. Yeah, especially now that he's... Nobody cares about done. the turkey. What, have to do the turkey. What was the turkey's name? I don't know. I didn't see. I just saw a little thing that said that he pardoned a turkey. What a dick face. If someone had told you 10 years ago that one day after the election in 2020, the president of the United States was going to spend an entire morning retweeting Randy Quaid, what would you have thought? What does retweeting mean? Like, is that like Tweety Bird? Well, Twitter was around 10 years ago. I didn't hear about it. I was too busy. Twitter was around 10 years ago? Yeah. When did Twitter come out? The first person I heard about using Twitter was Barack Obama, and it was in the 2008 campaign. So somewhere before that. I, I, I remember it being Ashton Kutcher was talking about Twitter. He well, was... you might have heard about it from Ashton Kutcher. But what would you say about that with Randy Quaid? You've worked with Randy Quaid. I'd be like, why? What, what, then Randy Quaid must have tried to kill the president. That's why he's retweeting. the. You know, that's why he's talking about them because Randy Quaid is a I, – I worked with Randy Quaid how many years ago? Like in the 80s on a movie, movie that none of the people in the world have heard of called Cold Dog Soup. I believe you've talked about Cold Dog Soup on this podcast before. Of, of, of the many, 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 many horribly bad, awful movies that I've had to endure myself being in, it's probably in the top three of worst ones. And I've been in some pretty fucking bad movies. Amen. And that's one of the worst ones I've been in. But tell me about Randy Quaid. He was a fucking nut and he was a racist. And he was a drunk, and he was crazy. He was just crazy. He was he was always drinking on uh, during work. The film the film was took place over in a, over a night, over one night. The idiotic. It's based on a book, and it was a horrible um, uh, translation. What's it called? Not a translation, but horrible um, adaptation. Adaptation of the book about this this guy who was who meets this girl, and she. At dinner, her dog dies, and he's got to figure out a way to bury the dog, or she won't sleep with him. How's that for a plot? Right. 
I want to hear the Randy Quaid. But the movie took dirt. place over over one night, so a lot of it we had to shoot. We had to basically shoot the whole movie at night because nobody ever heard of like an, uh, a studio. Everything had to be outside instead of shooting it inside during the day. These 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 like you know Einstein's wanted to film it all outside at night. So Randy Quaid was drinking every night. We'd start filming at seven o'clock at night or whenever the sun went down in California. And in January, we were filming in January, I remember. And he'd start drinking. He would have a cup of tea, half whiskey and like, th- or three quarters whiskey, Heather. Damn. Are you listening? I am listening. Anyway, he was out of his mind, crazy. And on more than one occasion, he, he uh, used racial slurs. Oh, my God. At, at a person or just like in general? Um, uh, there, there might have been, been in passing. Not that there's a difference, but like. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I, the, fil- the film was made, was produced by Handmade Films, which was George Harrison's company. And George Harrison would often have, in those days, he would be, you would look at the dailies or the rushes, as they call them. And, we, and from time to time, George Harrison would be in this screening room looking at the rushes, and we were all invited and um, at some point, Randy Quaid was banned from coming. Why? What did he, he was do? Drunk and obnoxious. See, that's the stuff I want to know about. Yeah, I don't care about the plot and all this stuff. I want to know what exactly did Randy Quaid do to get him banned from the screening room? I remember he was—he—he uh, he had just gotten gotten married to this crazy woman that he's married to to this day, and um, I remember they had some screaming drunk fight on the set. Oh my God, I love it. And the director. Uh, who just passed away, his name was Alan Metter, um, couldn't control anything. Seymour Casal was in the film, and it just was a, 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 yet a, just another example of just remarkably bad career decisions I've right. made, but Heather. So, but so I wanted the Randy Quaid stories. Well, and how many you, do you, I've you given you five? Going, but you, you just say, oh, he said this, he got kicked out. I want to know something specific. What, what do you want me to say? Randy Quaid, like, uh, molested what were me? He and his, no, what were he and his wife t- fighting about? Well, Heather, this was 30 years oh. ago. How am I supposed to remember? I just remember walking out onto the set in the middle of the night, and it was like some kind of crazy set. I don't know. It was a, the movie was very surreal and bizarre. Was meant to be anyway, and so we, we were filming in this downtown LA, and I, I they called me to the set to come and film, and I was had been sleeping, and and all I know is that I heard screaming and shouting, and Randy Quaid's like putting his finger on his this woman's face, and I'm like, what's going on? And the director was just sitting there saying, "Welcome to the shit show" or oh something God. like that, and I said, "Jesus Christ!" And this is when I was my career was burgeoning. And I made this mistake. I remember they cast me in the film first, and they had me, before Randy Quaid was, was hired, they had me read with other guys who were up for that part of this like crazy, I don't even remember the role he played, but I got to read with Cheech Marin from Cheech oh, and Chong, uh-huh. and they brought in Ben Vereen. Oh, my God. And you picked Randy Quaid? I didn't have anything to do with oh. it. They just had me, they, had, they wanted to see how our chemistry was. And... Um, Remember the guy John Doe from that band X? Yeah. He came in to read. They were trying to get Keith Richards. Oh, That's my. what they wanted. I was like, well, Keith Richards is not going to do this movie about a dead dog? 
Yeah, no, no way. Even if George Harrison's running the show. Yeah, George it, Harrison had some sway, but doesn't doesn't matter. All right, listen, everybody. Now you don't need to watch the Frank Sinatra documentary or I would highly recommend anything. It. Well, you've already told the the whole thing start to finish. That's only in episode one. And then uh, you can go watch Cold Dog Soup if you want to watch a really bad movie. I don't think anybody could find that movie. Randy and if you Quaid. can, don't watch it. That's ridiculous. And uh, are we going to be here tomorrow? Are we going to do this tomorrow? Are we taking extended holiday? By are we going to be here tomorrow? Guess, do you mean are we going to die before tomorrow? Oh, I hope not. Let's, let's hope not. I guess it remains to be seen. We're going to surprise you. Either we'll be here or we won't be here tomorrow. You'll never know. You're just going to have to find out tomorrow. Hopefully you don't choke on a pumpkin seed. <laughs>